0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Real Forno Show. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the linebacker class. And to do that, I have brought on Vikings Wire contributor Kevin Fielder, who also writes for SB Nation's Underdog Dynasty. And he has a great sense of the class, and we are going to talk all about it. It's not the strongest one. But there are some players the Vikings could target that would make a lot of sense. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of the good, the bad. And the Hungi on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host Tyler Fornes. Producer Dave is with us as always. Joining me is Vikings Wire contributor as I mentioned earlier and a contributor for Underdog Dynasty and Florida Atlantic's 24-7 site. He is Kevin Fielder. How are you doing sir?
0: You know I'm doing well. Uh, it is, as you mentioned, a weird linebacker class. Mm-hmm. I I haven't quite pin pound or pinned down if it's good or like bad. I think it probably stands somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah, it's. There's nobody top end worth. There just isn't no. unless you believe Drew Sanders can play an Anthony Barr role. Or a Micah Parsons' role, where he can do because he's kind of a hybrid; he can do a lot of different things. We'll talk about him, but I don't. There's nobody I would want to take in round one, um, and even round two, I don't necessarily know if the value is there are based on kind of how this draft class is shaped up. Um, let's and let's just kind of jump into it. Um, I want to start with the most intriguing guy in this class, and he's gotten a lot of buzz because of his incredible combine, and that's Jack Campbell from Iowa. Um, obviously. Minnesota fans probably are a little more familiar with him because he played at Iowa and watching go for football on Saturdays. One interesting thing about Campbell, he tested really athletic, but I don't think he's necessarily that type of athletic where I think he's more better playing in a in like a small contained space. What's your take on Jack Campbell?
0: I like him. He is big, he's long like he checks all the boxes physically of what you want out of an inside linebacker. I just can't get past – the first time I watched him, it was Iowa at some Big Ten opponent. I don't remember who it was, but his first two like plays were really bad run fits, like just all-time bad run fits. And I don't think that's entirely who he is as a player, but – It's hard for me to look at some of those things and go, you know what, he's got no problems. He's this perfect, you know, second round, third round linebacker. But I really do like his athleticism. I really do like his ability to fit the run for most times. I think he's good enough in zone coverage. Uh, He's not going to win in man coverage, so don't ask him to defend some of these tight ends like just for example, Travis Kelsey, or even like on the Vikings, TJ Hawkinson, I don't think he'd be able to defend them, but I like what he brings, but there are some problems with, you know, diagnosing and just for me, it's like this lack of elite athleticism. I don't think he's slow, but I don't think he's an elite athlete in any way.
1: Yeah. I don't think he's an elite athlete either. And that kind of, that lack of ability to really cover guys like TJ Hawkinson down the field is, is very concerning. And I I know there are some that have been beating the drum for Jack Campbell. I don't see it. Um, Somebody else that's really interesting that I think could potentially cover guys down the field, but I also don't think he can't see. And that's Trenton Simpson from Clemson. He's just, he's an athletic monster that just kind of doesn't quite know what he's doing.
0: Yeah. I haven't really decided what I think about Trent Simpson fully. I think I need to probably go back and watch his film again, but his athleticism is off the charts, man. I mean, he's a freaking athlete. But I don't know what his like full-time position is. It's probably outside linebacker, which I think limits him a little bit in the NFL because most teams are going to want the inside linebacker over the outside linebacker. But I like his athleticism. I like his ability to coverage. I like his ability to defend, you know, mobile quarterbacks. And with the way that the NFL is going, more teams have these mobile quarterbacks who are, you know, just going to take off and run on you. But I don't know. I mean, he's such a weird player. And he's, again, one of those tweeter Clemson players for me. And so... Seeing the struggles that I've that Isaiah Simmons has had in the NFL, excuse me, I'm just a little bit concerned about drafting him particularly early, especially with some of these other linebacker prospects in this class who might be a little bit prototypical. I guess is probably the word.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Simpson, just to me. Uh, looks like an athlete who just it, it's like a like a kid lost in target they know they know their mom is there somewhere but they're not quite sure which <laughs> aisle she ended up in and that's kind of what Simpson looked like looks like when he's trying to attack a certain gap in the running game like I that's I, just a guy I, I don't want like I can teach um, some things but I, I can't like if you can't see like to me I'm out
0: you know to me, he like he plays with he plays like a chicken with his head cut off. Like he's kind of just running around, and it works because he's in an athletic freaking nature. Like, let's be clear: if you were building a track meet team, he'd win, and he'd be the first round pick. But the NFL is more than just being athletic or being super physical. Like, you still have to be able to read the plays and. I just haven't seen that from Trenton Simpson consistently. And so for me, if I was a GM, he'd be a little bit lower on my board than I think some other people have put him.
1: One guy that's really intriguing to me, and I've kind of already mentioned his name before, is Drew Sanders from Arkansas. Transferred from Alabama as an edge rusher because he really couldn't get on the field. And when you looked at what Alabama was in 2021, he kind of makes some sense. And then he goes to Arkansas and ends up playing Mike. And uh, shows some real potential there, but is raw needs to kind of learn some more of the technical elements of the position. I think he translates really well to what Anthony Barr was and Vikings fans know yes. that all too well, as far as what bar was, they don't give him any near the credit he deserves because of what kind of issues he costs for offenses. But I think that's a really intriguing player. How do you view drew Sanders?
0: I think when you draft him, you're taking a risk and in my opinion, it's a little bit more calculated of a risk than a Trenton Simpson. But I do still have concerns about, uh, you know, just his rawness. I mean, he hasn't played Mike Linebacker a lot. He's, he started off as an edge. And you see that with the way that he plays at times, like he just looks like he got thrown out there at times. And it's a concern initially, but I think if you get him in the right coaching, his physical skill set and his ability to rush the passer and play in different ways really entices me. And I do like the Anthony Barr cop a lot because I think that Anthony Barr is, again, one of these unique players who can rush the passer, who could drop it to coverage. And you know, he's just not great at any of that. He's not going to be an elite coverage player, an elite pass rusher, but he's like good, good enough at both. And Drew, Drew Sanders is one of those guys where you want to try and find a way to get him on the field. And whether that's as like an edge rusher or as a linebacker or as a, a Mike, I'm not sure. But he does, to an extent, remind me of like Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, in Miami under Brian Flores in the sense that he can rush the passer, he can drop into coverage, he can go sideline to sideline really well. Like He's one of those guys that you find a way to put on the field. And it's just a question mark initially about what that position is on day one when he enters training camp. Is, Is it edge rusher? Is it Mike? Are you willing to sort of deal with some of these problems that he's going to have at mike and if you are you're getting a great football player and a guy with so much potential and a really high ceiling but that floor i think in the nfl can be kind of low but he is probably going to be the first linebacker off the board because he's such a physical freak of nature
1: yeah, he really is a uh, physical freak of nature. And one guy who isn't necessarily a, a that kind of freak of nature athletically, but I think he is really gifted is DeMarvian Overstrom from Texas. Former safety ended up transitioning to linebacker. Is a little slight at uh, around two hundred twenty five pounds at six foot two, but the guy can scoot and he can cover sideline to sideline. Uh, how do you view Overshone and can he build up enough strength without losing that athleticism to really sh- start shedding blockers at the next level?
0: So here's my concern with Demarvian Overshone and anyone who hasn't watched him a lot or hasn't seen him a lot, just google him and look at the Google images. He's not built like a linebacker at all. He's lengthy, he's lean. He's built more like a safety, like a really big safety. Or, like a wide receiver, and not as a linebacker. And I don't know if you could put that strength on and keep that athleticism because uh, at 225, 230 ish, you're asking to what? Like, if you want to make him a consistent linebacker, are you asking to add 20 pounds to him? And if you're asking to add 20 pounds to him to get him up to about 250, I worry because, you know, Asking any guy to add 20 pounds is nearly impossible. Asking them to gain 20 pounds, add 20 pounds, and still be an athletic freak in nature is a a lot more concerning. But I do like his physicality. I mean, he's not afraid to put you on the ground. And he's not afraid to make, you know, offenses worry about him. But I am concerned about just this idea that, like, you can add strike to him. I think he may – you know, I think you can add a little bit, but I am a little bit concerned about asking him to add a lot of weight or a lot of strength to the way that he's currently built.
1: Yeah, I I would agree there. Anytime you're asking a guy to put on weight, it can really diminish that athleticism unless it's a very slow process because if you're putting on really good weight, that that can actually help with some of that – at speed, but it, it's a very delicate balance. Some guys can put it on. I think Miles Murphy can put on 20 pounds and be great as like a, the next Cam Hayward type player, but not everybody has the frame to do so, and it'll be interesting to see how Overshown is utilized. Uh, a couple guys I want to talk about before we end up getting to um, the guy you're absolutely in love with in this class. Oh, um, I can't the wait. Weird, the weirdest guy in probably in this entire class is Ivan Pace Jr., middle linebacker, Nine and a half sacks last year. And he's a (laughs) tremendous pass rusher, but he cannot move laterally to save his life. Uh, And and at 5'10 and a half, 230, how in the world are you deploying this guy at the next level?
0: I haven't been able to figure it fully out. And I wish I could come on this podcast and, you know, put the head coach and the defensive coordinator cap on and go, you know what, I'm going to do this with him, I'm going to do this with him, on third downs, we're going to do this, but... Every time I think of something, I look at the five foot ten, the 230, the, you know, not the greatest athleticism and go, can he do that consistently? Like, I love Ivan Pace on film. Ivan Pace on film is a, and I don't like using this cliche, but he's a dog. Like, he's not afraid to make plays and, you know, rush the passer and do the dirty work. But, you know, he's slow. Like, he's not great laterally, and I wonder if you could use him in, like, an Alandon Roberts role, and I know that isn't pretty. I I know if you told someone, like, he's going to be the next Alandon Roberts, they'd immediately tune out, but Alandon Roberts has been a good NFL linebacker for a while now, and, and you know, under Brian Flores, under Josh Boyer, uh, you know, in that Brian Flores defense, he was able to rush the passer, he was able to defend the run. I just wish I could find a way to you know get past that five foot ten, that two thirty. Because in college he was listed at about six foot and I was willing to really you know get behind him at that, but at five foot ten, that's another two inches. And I don't know if he can do that consistently. Now I will say I love his special teams prowess. I mean, he loves to play special teams. He loves to make plays on special teams. And so the question for me isn't if he can carve out a role in the NFL because he can absolutely carve out a role as a special teamer and as a you know pass rusher on third down. But how do you put him on the field consistently on first and second down? Because he's small and he's not great laterally. Is it asking him to just be like a middle linebacker who defends one gap? And it's like, hey, you're just going to take this gap. And if that's the case, why are you drafting him early?
1: Yeah, I I'm, I gave a fourth round grade to him. And I'm just like, gosh, he does so, some things well, but the deficiencies are just absolutely brutal. And it's it's not somebody I would feel comfortable taking before like round five.
0: Yeah, I think if, like, all these other linebackers who are a little bit more athletic or a little bit more prototypical are gone, he's someone I'm willing to take a bet on. Uh, similarly, like, I'm shocked this guy didn't get into the uh, into the combine, and I don't know if you actually planned on talking about him, but uh, the Jackson State linebacker, Aubrey Miller, I love his film. I-, I love his aggressiveness. I love his ability to defend the run. I, I love his, like, don't-care nature. Like, he's going to put you on the ground a lot like DeMarvin overshone is, but he, he feels a little bit more line, like a linebacker than overshone is. I feel like I would draft Miller ahead of Ivan Pace, but I think that they're both in that similar range of, like, in the fifth round, if I need a linebacker who can play a very hyper-specific role, they make sense, but I don't know if I'm asking either of them to be you know, like three down linebackers in the NFL, because I don't think either of them can be.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, one more guy I think that needs to be talked about. That is Dorian Williams from, from Tulane. Um, this is just a really good football player.
0: I love him. I love him. He is. He's awesome. Like, I, I keep thinking of the word that I want to add in and he's, He's again, not the biggest. He's like six one. I think he weighed in at like 220 or 225 at the combine. So size problems are real concerns for him. And that's something that you have to get past as a player. But he was a team captain and people that I spoke to at Tulane raved about him and his leadership and raved about his ability to lead guys and I think that's something that you can't replace. You know, a a multiple-year starter who's a team captain, those things matter. And those things matter, especially for guys who you're going to be drafting on, you know, whether it's, like, really early day three, because I think that he's probably going to go, like, in the fourth round. But I really like what he brings and his own coverage and his ability to play in man coverage. Like, with the way that the NFL is going and everyone wanting to throw the football and, Everyone wanting to try and put these linebackers in predicaments. Dorian Williams is one of those linebackers who don't who doesn't get put in those predicaments a lot. Now, I will say, I went back a couple days ago and watched the Tulane Kansas State game from earlier this year, the one that Kansas uh, Tulane ended up winning, and Dorian Williams just sort of felt like an afterthought in that game. And I think that might have been Kansas State scheming for him or understanding what he does. But I worry about him in in, in run defense because he gets swallowed by blocks. He doesn't have great strength. He might be a little bit slow to anticipate things. And those things will come back to bite you in the NFL a lot more than they do in college. But his zone coverage is one of those things where it's like third down There's no linebacker I want in this class, or very few linebackers who I want in this class above him, because I could trust him to play in man man coverage, zone coverage. I could trust Mm -hmm. the dude so much. And that matters a lot, especially with his athleticism. I don't remember what he ran at the NFL combine, but it was, I believe it was like four, five, eight. Yeah, it was like under four, five, I thought, or at least like really low four, five maybe like high four, four, but whatever it was, like it was super athletic. And that's something that I'm like, I look at it and I go, I'll find a way to make him work. Like you give me time and I'll find a way to make him work. And I think that NFL teams will bang the table for him because of that. And I also thought that he showed a little bit of, of pass rush ability. I don't know if it was consistent enough to be like, you know what? He could be a five sack, a four sack guy in the NFL, but He's a guy who can at least rush the passer, so he's not just going to be like a coverage guy in the NFL every single year or every single game. Like I think you can ask him to rush the passer as an additional pass rusher at times.
1: So I looked it up, four four nine. So we Jesus. knew he could scoot, but that's that's a very that's impressive insane.
0: Album. That's insane.
1: Yeah. All right, Kevin. I'm going to let you get on your soapbox here because it's a guy you've been banging the table for for a long time. And I'm a fan of his too. And that is former Nevada wide receiver turned Washington State linebacker Diane Henley. Take it away.
0: You know, the first time I watched him was probably a week before the Senior Bowl. And he was someone I was previewing for the uh, for the Senior Bowl at the Vikings Wire. And the first thing that caught my eye was his – his speed you know he could go sideline to sideline in a matter of like two seconds it feels like he was at times like a one-man cleaning crew he was the janitor of that entire washington state defense and he's the reason why i think at times they did allow 65 points it felt like his athleticism is absolutely insane uh and I actually have his combine numbers up. He ran a little bit slower than Dorian Williams at about a four or five, but a 1.5, 10 yards uh, split, a 10 and a half inch long or broad jump, excuse me. Like so many things that you want out of a physical linebacker, he's got. He can rush the passer. He can kind of play in coverage. Uh, Washington State lined him up in a lot of different ways. They lined him up in the slot, they lined up, up in in the box, they lined him up at Hedge. And I think in the NFL, he could do that as well. I, I think that there's still concerns. Like, as we were talking about before we got into talking about the linebackers, I am a little bit, you know, I don't think that there's like this perfect linebacker prospect or like a guy who I go is a day one instant impact starter guaranteed without a doubt in my mind. But you know, in this class, you're almost betting on linebackers. You're almost betting on what these linebackers can be. And Day and Handley can be these, you know, can be this athletic chase linebacker who can point and shoot and get anyone. And I know that isn't as enticing as like, oh, well, he's going to get six interceptions or whatever crazy thing that people want out of like modern day linebackers. But his athleticism is special. And as someone who is like, always thinks about how teams can get faster and get more athletic and I always try and put my like my GM cap on and be like, how can this defense get a little bit more athletic here or a little bit more athletic there? And you know the first thing is like I watch at the or I watch the Vikings defense and I go, man, that linebacker room could still use some more athleticism and Brian Asamoa is super athletic and is exactly like what you want out of modern day linebackers but jordan hicks is just another guy like he's okay but he's not going to wow you in any way and so i think that dan hanley is like this perfect backup linebacker who can play on first and second down can play sometimes on third down can clean things up can be a run defender who can go sideline to sideline like the film is incredible And I I know I sound like I'm gushing on him and like I might as well just like swipe right on Tinder, but I love everything he brings and it's not perfect, but it's almost like the lovable like piece of clay that I can mold into a linebacker who is next level great and I would be taking him in the second round. I would be taking him in the second round. I wouldn't even be thinking about it, but... I am a little bit concerned that he may fall into, like, the third round. But if he falls in the third round, I think teams should be running up to the podium for him.
1: Tell me why he's not Chaz Surratt. Oh, that is... uh,
0: I can't believe you brought that up, Tyler. Because I was just on a roll about loving Dane Hadley. But I I do uh, get that concern. I I do get that concern.
1: He's a trans transitive player from the offensive side of the football struggles to shed blocks. Chas Surratt uh, couldn't shed a block from a two-year-old. Like, it, and it's, it's something <laughs> that Vikings true. fans are going to be concerned about with a player like Diane Henley. So I think it, in this instance, it's a very real thing that we have to talk about. It is.
0: It is a very real concern. It's like, is he just another one of these converted linebackers? Who's like, you know, they're good. They're athletic. I see the vision and it's very possible we're talking about him in four years and I was completely wrong. But I think that he's a little bit better at taking off blocks than he gets credit for. I think he's lengthy enough to take on blocks. I think he could like he has this like punch move or this like this this move with his hand that can get that can help him get off blocks and I think at other times he doesn't even need to go through the block because his athleticism and his ability to go north to south really quickly helps him get in the hole before uh, before an offensive lineman does. And so I get the concern with Chaz Sherratt because, you know, Vikings fans are going to see him and get PTSD when they look at Dane Hanley and especially when they read that, you know, he was a converted wide receiver. But I think if you watch him and just sort of consume what he is, you look at him and you go – he's a little bit different. You know, he's not great at taking on blocks yet, but I think that he can take them on consistently in the NFL if you give him more time playing linebacker. Again, he's one of these guys where you just have to be willing to let them go through their mistakes a little bit. And this is not the linebacker room if you or this linebacker class if you want a guy who's not going to have problems coming in or have concerns about how often they've played because it feels like all 10 of the like the top 10 linebackers – are either inexperienced or is sort of what you see is what you get. Uh, and I think the latter is probably more like Jack Campbell and the, the former is more like Dane Hanley and Drew Sanders. But uh, you know, going back to it, I think that like Dane Hanley is a little bit better at taking blocks. I think he knows how to take him on. He's just not experienced enough to be able to put what he knows into actual action on the field. And that comes with playing that comes with just being able to trust who you are as a player, and so I think it's one of those things that it's like give him time, he's going to be able to create turnovers, he's going to be able to make plays, and it's just it's going to have to be a process. And I'm going to say this, and people are instantly going to be like, I don't want him, but you have to trust the process. You have to trust the process with a lot of these linebackers. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know if you, maybe you think a little bit differently, but I look at this linebacker class and I go like, you know, if I need a guy who's going to start day one and be, you know, good consistently, I don't see it yet. But I see guys who can be good in the right systems. And I think that's what makes this class so exciting for me is it's like pick your poison, pick your pick your traits, and then let's see if we can put all those together on the field when they line up 11-on-11 with helmets and pads on, because so many of these guys could be really good in the NFL. But again, it could be four years from now, and we could be talking about how five of these guys flamed out for reason X, Y, or Z. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. Uh, Kevin, any other sleepers late in the draft that we should keep our eye on that could end up potentially being decent players at the next level?
0: I don't know how much of a sleeper he is. Uh, I think people are talking about him now, but I love Sacramento State linebacker Marte Mapu. He is Ah, so fun to watch. He is, uh, he's physical. He is not afraid to like just ruin a running back's
1: day. And I think he's more physical than Devin Witherspoon.
0: Ooh. That's an interesting one.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think he might be. I think he might be. Like, he's one of those guys, and, you know, it's funny because it's the Lions, but he's not afraid to bite your kneecaps. He's not afraid to, you know, get a couple of unsportsmanlike conduct penalties throughout the year. I don't think he will, but he's one of those guys who's really aggressive, who's going to make plays, and he's had... I don't remember the exact number. I think it was like five or six interceptions over the last few seasons. Like he has production and he has experience as a defensive back. He's one of those guys who is going to find a role in the NFL. And I think if I was looking for a linebacker who is a little bit more like a safety who can play great in coverage, he's who I'm looking at. But I am, again, a little bit concerned about some of the rawness, some of the inabilities like it feels like every guy I watch in this class, I'm like, I see about fifteen plays, and I'm like, I love him, I love him, I love him. Then there's like ten or twelve plays where I'm like, yeah, maybe I don't. And I think Marte Mapu is going to get drafted, and I think for the Lion or for the Vikings, excuse me, uh, two completely different NFC North teams. But I think for the Vikings, he reminds me a little bit of Brandon Jones, and in the sense of like he can cover tight ends, he can rush the passer at times, he's physical, he can be these, you know, he can be this like short zone, uh, you know, linebacker against quarterbacks. And like these kind of guys, I'm willing to find a role for them. And I think that Marte Mapu is going to get drafted relatively early because teams are going to see the physical numbers and see the, see the athleticism, excuse me. And, find a way to get him on the field. And I'm just excited to see like how that, how they find a role for him because that's sort of, I think the biggest question mark. Another guy I like is uh Tennessee linebacker, I believe uh, Jeremy Banks. Like he's another one of these athletic linebackers who can make plays and is, I think a l- little bit better against the run, but he has some off-the-field problems. I don't think he's great in coverage, so I think that he's, again, someone who can be like a first-down and second-down linebacker, but I don't see the fit on third down, at least early on, and some of the off-the-field problems are going to be have to be uh, questioned. There's a couple of legal troubles, and so I would be a little bit... You know, I think it's a little bit more buyers beware than... A couple of these other linebackers, but I love the physicality that that uh, Jeremy Branks brings, and he's a little bit bigger at six one than two thirty. So that I like, I don't think you have to add as much strength as you do with like a and Overshorn.
1: Kevin, I really appreciate you coming on talking linebackers. I know this is a a group that you really like quite a bit, and I really appreciate you giving Vikings fans your insight. Dave, do you have? I think anything this podcast.
0: If, if I can real quick, I think this podcast like made me like these linebackers a little bit more. So I think I need to actually go back and watch some of these, but I do like this linebacker class a little bit more than I think other people do.
1: And there's nothing wrong with that. Dave, do you have anything for Kevin before we take off for the day? Negative. Thanks for coming on, Kevin. Appreciate it. Now Absolutely. go get writing and use spell check.
0: <laughs> I will not be using spell check. No, I'm kidding. I will. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, you you better use spell check. Um, uh, what, go ahead and plug all your stuff before we get out of here.
0: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at the Kevin Fielder, the best place for all my random musings and my random late night watches of really cheesy sports movies, which is, I think my new thing. But uh, at the Kevin Fielder, obviously Vikings Wire, uh, Underdog Dynasty. Uh, for any group of 5 content but you know I'm just excited for this draft and <sighs> hopefully we don't see like Hendon Hooker in the first round
1: oh dear god i uh, i will cry <laughs> i i i said that uh yesterday i will legit cry
0: yeah, I, uh, think I, no. I think i would no think
1: i would no please no <laughs> yeah it, it is what it is but kevin thank you very much and uh for kevin dave and myself tyler One thing we always say at the end of these episodes, Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love, our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching the Real Forno Show.
0: Skull, everyone!